0: The most
1: legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of McDonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Go! Participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last.
0: Den Talk's podcast is powered by denanywhere.com. You guys go to Den anywhere.com now no matter where you live in the world and you can take our classes virtually and live go to denanywhere.com and sign up for just $29.99 a month you get a limited access to our classes with over 150 a month to choose from plus most of them are archived so if you can't make the exact time you can catch them later we still also have our workshops and our certifications now all accessible to you no matter where you are go to denanywhere.com Welcome to Den Talks Podcast. This is Hall, your host and the founder of Den Meditation. I'm excited to talk to Carolyn today. We've got Carolyn Coleridge on. She's not only a teacher at the Den, but she's also a trained psychotherapist, an energy healer, and a practicing intuitive. She's an author of three books. She not only works at Kaiser and UCLA, as as well as the Den, she does everything. She has her own psychic practice, as well as counseling practice. She is unbelievably impressive. I really love talking to her, and I really hope you love this episode. As She gets into kind of how she found her purpose, and there's some stories and her gifts and opened up to how it's been kind of in her family lineage, but not really talked about. And that is why she... Is so great at helping others find why they are here, what their purpose is. We also discuss what it's like to be, you know, a black woman in the states growing up here, as well as you know, being in the wellness community. And even more interestingly, I find we're talking about the situation at hand right now, and her take from a spiritual perspective is really interesting. I hope you like this episode. Let us know, go to our Facebook page, Den Talks Podcast, and let's discuss there. So I'm glad you're holding up and I'm so glad to get on the phone with you and have us chat a little bit. Um, so you, you've been okay during this time. Have you felt, um, how do you feel like your clientele has gone up down or remain the same?
1: Um uh, well, with they're up, incredibly up, like everyone's home, everyone receives calls and a lot of stress. Um, from the COVID and then, you know, the recent incident that happened with George, that's been really hard because I work in the Crenshaw District. But in terms of um, privately, it's, it, flew, it went down, but it's going up now again. It's just starting to come back up. So that's been a little challenging. Yeah.
0: And do you, do you, what do you feel like you're, I mean, times have totally changed. It's been really fascinating, as you know. So do you feel like what is coming in the door for you or what you're seeing is very different than before? As far as what people need from you?
1: 100%. A lot more anxiety, a lot of anxiety. And some people are um, just coming out of finding their purpose or what's going on or how is this, how is the higher calling? You know, is there something I'm supposed to be doing? Um, A lot of buried trauma from ancestry, from past lives, from whatever dreams. A lot of people are having a lot of interesting experiences, which I find very fascinating. You know, like it's, yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. No, go ahead. Keep going. Oh,
1: yeah, because this is like a, it's almost like um, I really believe in like um, spiritual contracts and it's like contracts are coming up for a lot of people, you know, ancestors, memories, like, like I have a client that actually uh, goes to the den and she um, she's very wise and she's like, I keep seeing these crows and it's my ancestors and, you know, my uh, Native American grandmother, you know, she's white, you know, she's like, but I have a Native American grandmother. She's been coming to me in my dreams and- other people are having, you know, memories of different places and times. So I feel like, um, and I know it's a, this is a karmic thing. Like everyone's saying, oh my God, the Democrats, Republicans, all these things are fighting black and white. And I'm like, this is the 60s revisited. It took 60 years to do a, real, a cycle and now it's back again. And I was, I've been hearing about this for years that um, people that were supposed to be planting new seeds in this new 2020, seeing new visions, and we're seeing the clarity of what's been buried if it's not the me too movement, if it's African-Americans, if it's Latinos at the border, if it's, you know, different people, creative people, there's something shifting, you know, yeah. people are waking up to a deeper, we're not just physical beings, if uh, the transgender, I saw a lot of transgender clients, the mixing, you know, of, of genders. And because um, we're starting to realize on different levels, we're souls and we have soul contracts. And we were souls together. I think this is why you see so many people together marching and other people talking about it. So, a lot of that stuff is coming up. So, I think it's, yeah, it's really and, deep.
0: And do you feel it is so deep? And do you feel like with the shifts, because it's interesting, um, you know, in your book, Honor Your Spirit, you talk a little bit about kind of the mis not miscalculations but misinformation of 2012 a lot you know the whole everyone thought it was doomsday and and it's funny and i've been talking a little bit about this in my teachings too how we're still in that same energy it's like people just misread what an ending meant in my mind it's like an ending is the beginning of you know tearing down structure tearing down a way of living so that we can recreate and rebuild and that's and we're in it. I mean, I feel like nothing symbolizes it more than 2020. I mean, it's everything is falling down, which hopefully is in a beautiful way, ultimately. But do you feel that too? Like that's part of the bigger shift that's happening?
1: hundred percent. I'm glad you brought that up because it's so interesting. Last night, I went out to my first dinner with a friend and we were talking about this, um, that actually in the uh, Ethiopia, this is 2012. So Ethiopia has a different calendar. I know it's so That's so cool. Oh my God. Really the thing is that Lucy, the, the, um, the woman they found in civilization, like the oldest woman, the African woman named Lucy, she was found in Ethiopia, what they believe is the beginning of civilization. Uh, she, um, I think it's interesting that it's starting back there. And there was a woman in my, in the restaurant that was from Ethiopia. And I said, is it 2012? She goes, oh yeah, it's 2012, this year in Ethiopia. Like there was confirmation right there. So this is 2012 in a sense. If we have a different calendar, isn't that so cool? So it makes sense. Like all the stuff, all the movies were about all the terror, all the anger, and the think systems falling down and collapse of everything. We're seeing it.
0: We're literally seeing it right before our eyes.
1: Yes, yes.
0: Isn't that so interesting? I mean, bringing up Lucy as well, just to keep the conversation going. It's like the oldest person in civilization found, being an African American woman. I mean, there's so many things about that I love. I mean, especially right now with race. And such a divide, which is insane, because if you really think about it, we all probably come from a Black descent. And then I love that it's a woman, because as you know, it's become this idea that, you know, men of creation and really like, especially spiritually, when you dive into it, it's the female of creation. You know what I mean? There's a balance. So there's so much interesting about Lucy. <laughs>
1: Isn't it? Yeah, I think it's great. Like, there's so many levels. Like when George called out to his mother, He's a black man. He holds the original seed. I mean, black men hold the seed, literally, of the the world. So he's calling out to his mother. I felt like he was calling out to the mother of humanity and the mother. He was on the earth when he died, literally on the earth, you know? And then there's just so much just going on with – every time there's like, we are the original voice. If you look at the popular culture, you always hear, you know, put your hands together back in the day. It's always like the black voice is a part of pop culture because we are the original voice on the planet. So why are people surprised that they're not the ones starting this up? You know what I'm saying? Like it's, it's, I feel like everything starts to the whole um, starts from the beginning and then goes back. Like everything goes back 26,000 year cycle. And then I also feel that a lot of people are going to, Um, Start realizing the collectivity because if you look at a lot of African American people Africans in general We have all different people in our families our colors are whatever like I have family members that look white Latino and this and that within two generations So we really are like yeah like whole like together Um, And then um, the me too movement the mother we have to take care of the mother, Mother Earth. And we don't, we've been ignoring it. As we've been inside, we've been able to sit and we actually, you know, help the ozone layer and not traveling as much and the environment's cleaning up. So we're literally, the mother is calling to us. We're little being called to the mother. Look at all the crystal shops that are opening. What are, what are crystals? They're birth of the mother between the seed up top, you know, the father and the mother on the earth. Uh, And they're helping us to plant and to recreate and to heal. So I feel like until we pay attention to the mother, until we pay attention to all humanity and all its children, all its flowers and all its, you know, this is a Crayola box, you know, all the flowers, we're not going to be free. So that's why it's like coming back to center, just like the sixties, you know, it's coming back. It's with 60 year cycle um, from 1960s to now 2020. Um, and there's a lot of cycles like that because it's a matter of us like, hello, like the planet it. is like, hello, listen, we're here to help you grow and to learn. It's all a learning um, environment now. So I think it's real important that people start to uh, listen to where, did, not where to, where do I come from as a soul too. That's another level. We are soul, we are spiritual beings. We're beings here to come in a university. That's why we call the universe, you know, because we're here to grow and learn. And earth is the densest planet, so we can learn the, um, the biggest lessons. And because the lessons are so difficult here, people have to remember, and I always teach this in the class, that you're very, they're very old souls that come to earth. It's Not an easy planet. One mm-hmm. of the hardest planets in the galaxy, so they should pat themselves in the back and then start getting their instructions by really saying, "Okay, what is going on right now? What do I need to learn? How can I look at ourselves collectively? How can I be part of the whole? How can I give back? What are my What are my stepping stones? What are my calling papers? And that's when you start dialoguing, listening to the universe." So.
0: Now talk about that a little bit more, because on that note, especially with what's going on now, it's basically saying everyone has come here. You probably, you have a purpose, you have a path and lessons that you have chosen to to accomplish or go through. So talk about how that also falls on, I hate using the word both sides, because that automatically makes everything so divisive, but for lack of better way of explaining it, sometimes you're You know, like we were talking about there's different things happening right now. There's instigation, there's pacifist. there's different elements of it, and they're all important at the same time. Does that make sense? Is there a way you can dive into that as well? That sometimes, just like you might choose, and you talk about this in your book too, you might choose a body that has more hardships, um, you know, whether it be handicaps or something. You might also choose a life path that isn't the prettiest,
1: Right. Exactly. And yeah, those are really the difficult souls. And I feel like the, now earth, I, this is just my belief. I think there's always supposed to be duality because with duality you grow. And mm-hmm. if everything was the same, that's one of the um, universal laws. It's one of the laws of hermetic principles is that the law of duality. So we have this contract. So we can say, what do you, why do you look different from me? Why are you that? Why are you uh, dealing with somebody different? Why do you have a different religion? Why do you believe? So that we can fight it out or flap it out and just say, okay, blah, blah, blah. And then like, oh, you're okay, and I'm okay, and that's okay. So it's, it's like this all game being played, you know, like where this all this conflict happens. So people, I feel like it's interesting, can come to peace and say, how many times can we do the same thing over and over and over and then call a truce and then just say, okay, no one's winning, just like in the movie War Game. It's like, the right. game keeps fighting. It's like, oh, he's he, he, you know, it ended itself. It didn't work. So then we just come to a truce. And that's, to me, is what I'm teaching, like, which I didn't even know, Ascension Principles, where people rise above it. You know, am I a black woman? Yes. Am I struggling with some of this stuff? Yes. How am I struggling with racism? Yes. I'm also a soul. And what is my soul here to do? And what is my soul? And that helps me to guide through life. I think that helped me to kind of, um, with everyone I teach, um, it helps you to transcend this earth plane, which is not your home. This is just your school. We're all going to go home. So just, and listening to other people, you know, after a while, because I feel like both sides, like within the political party, I used to work on the Hill. I worked under Governor Wilder in 2012. Oh, uh, 2012, <laughs> listen <to me.
0: laughs> That's our year. <laughs> I know,
1: right? <laughs> in our minds. Um, in 19, what 1995. And actually it was um, Commission of African-American Males. that was studying the problem with black males in the inner city. And the woman, Kathy Wellman, I worked underneath um, and go, um, the guy, Ofield Dukes, Ofield Dukes is um, a PR person who was trying to, uh, who did the walk on Washington during um, uh, Martin Luther King. So there's all these, you know, black caucus. I just, it just, it was a temp job. And then she's like, oh my God, I love you. She hired me. And I started working on the Hill and going up and, you know, doing stuff. But it really, it was, it's the same thing happening years later. So we had Louis Gossett came and he talked about, you know, how it was to be African American, be a, a filmmaker, I mean, you know, an actor, and having a hard time. Blair Underwood was there, a Colin Powell was there, they all testified in front of us. We've done this before. And it's like people learned a little bit, then we learned a little bit more, and then we learned a little bit more. Why is it taking so long? Because the earth plane is dense, and people have lost the understanding of the rules and the regulation, like what you do comes back to you or that we're all one or the, the rule of soul evolution that we all, it's like a, a Petri dish, like one person pushes, the other person's going to feel it. Like we're all in this together. Like you starve when other people, yes, there's going to be a financial problem there If they, and then the other person have millions of resources. So we just learn about this and it's all this game to play. But when you go up and look above it, then you can feel like in the earth, but not of it. You know, you just kind of observe it. And it's, it's not easy to get there. It's taken me years to get there. But. Well,
0: how, on that note, how do you reconcile? And I think this is what a lot of people are, are struggling with, especially in the spiritual world of like not doing the like. How do you reconcile with that idea of kind of pulling yourself above the earth plane to see it and understand it, but mm-hmm. what action needs to happen on the earth plane to help move things forward?
1: Yes, yeah. And it, it really is to become quiet and meditation. This is another reason... As the computer systems have gotten in the iFis and the iPods and all the phones, everyone has that. All of a sudden, people are opening meditation centers. Why? That's the balance. We always need a balance that duality to go quiet, to go within, and to listen to their inner voice, which has an inner compass. The GPS is a God you know, programming system that helps us follow it. So it's really going within, that is really the gift. If we go within, we get our own walking papers, we get our own information, we get our own guidance. Um, and it could be, as I'm a social worker, I see child abuse, I see physical abuse, mm-hmm. I hear elder abuse, and I deal with that. And I'm angry, and it's okay to be spiritual and be angry, but then I don't invest in it, just like mindfulness. I see it, I observe it, I, t- I deal with it, and then I pull back to center. So it's this practice of mindfulness in every day, really, to be part of the world and not of it. And to, to understand that that's part of my path, to teach people about, you know, okay, you cannot abuse your kid because you're sitting at home with, them. that's not okay, you know? And then they um, are like, well, I'm so angry. It's just like, what are you angry about? Let's go. It's like going through onion layers. What, what are you really angry about? How did your mother treat you? How did the world treat you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I understand that, but you have to, you know, forgive and forgive doesn't have to be spiritual could be letting go not recreating because every soul every generation every ancestry is here to recreate the next to bring something better than what was before and we all get those gifts and then we forget you know we forget because a lot of us culturally for many different reasons different around the world we're forgetting our cultures but then we have we have forgetting our ancestors then we have the focus of like um, the people on the border who are very multi-dimensional, multicultural, you know, they, they talk to their ancestors, they're, they're very family-oriented, so as we look at a group um, and judge them, we can all say, oh wow, they're so family-oriented, they're into their ancestors, let's see, let's see what's going on with them, you know, so it's a way to, cut. everything has a duality, with anything that's difficult, there's always a gift in there.
0: So how would you say like now with the Black Lives Matter movement, how, what is the balance of, you know, getting out there and marching and fighting or talking or sharing or educating um, Mm -hmm. versus just noticing the duality and trying to move through it?
1: And some people, I'm just like the chakra chart just behind me. <laughs> people, I know. I
0: know.
1: <laughs> yeah, I use that in my classes. Uh, some people um, are on the first chakra and the second chakra. They're, they're really angry. I feel like a lot of, every culture goes through every different thing. But right now, I feel like a lot of African Americans, not everyone, because they're not monolithic, are really on the first chakra, survival. we are like, this is ridiculous. You know, stop it. And other people probably like, this is ridiculous because I'm not working. This is ridiculous because my boyfriend's black or this person happened to me or my cousin was. And I feel like like there are in that place and that's okay. But like the chakra chart, we go up and we go down. We work with all the chakras. Then you go into creating. Okay, what are we going to create? We're not going to burn down our place. We're going to create something new. Oh my God, it wasn't us burning down with somebody else. And you start observing and people are getting that picture on iPhones. Like what's really happening? Then you move up to the power. Let's get back our power. And that was part of like during the 60s the African-Americans took the passive resistance movement, which is which was a mindfulness movement. It was mindfulness. It's so interesting. And then other people are like, okay, that's good for you, but we're going to be Black Panthers, you know? So there's always a duality. Like, how do you balance that? So I feel like that, for me, everyone's like, "Are you coming to the protest?" I'm like, "I'm good. I'm here." <laughs> you know, I can just being present and being a person of color who's overcome things. I can teach that way, like Martin Luther. Like, why not go within? Why not raise higher? Why not realize that this is a teaching moment for everyone, and why not be part of the answer and not the problem? That's me. Other people will need to be there. I've had many clients that've gone and they felt drained because I said, "Well, do you have other stuff you want to do?" She's, "I would love to help kids." You know. I learn in school, do that on the weekend. I'd love to do this and do that. We all have different gifts and different things that we you know, need. But I feel like when the voice of George is taken out and he is the voice of, again, like the African-Americans have the large voice because the original <laughs> voice everything comes from Africa, we all lost our breath. We all took a deep, like, oh, is this the end of humanity? It's like the Tarot death, the death card. Is this, we literally saw death. He's on the earth. No, we're rising up. It's like, this is not it. This is not how we're going to go out as human beings, not humans doing, not human killings, but human beings. Like we need to get to that level, you know, of being a, of being person and being is just like mindfulness. You're, you're present, you're active, but you're also quiet and observant. And is everyone there? No, this is just one way to look at it. But I feel like it's, you know, we need everyone to be part of this tag team and people need to cure their walking papers. And mine was very clear. To teach more about people connecting and ascending to their higher consciousness because when people ascend to their higher consciousness they know that a that's not right and all this fighting um, between you know again i you know i was in the government but it's fighting it's just part of this game to distract us to me, from our higher purpose and is helping somebody who's been killed on the street the higher purpose yes Then do your work whatever it may be go to law school Go oh, to Black Lives Matter, which is, you know, giving a lot of things. And again, it's just saying that, uh, hello, like, we're the first people on the planet. Did you forget? <laughs> you yeah, know, like, we matter too. When you start looking at the statistics of people who have been killed and with, in healthcare and not just by the police and different things, like what's important, what's valuable, you know, and, and what and how can we t- teach, you know, every group has a time to teach, every group.
0: I mean, and you started in social work, right? Before you got in. A, so, I mean, you've really seen this from all angles.
1: I have. Yeah, I was, del- yeah, that's why I tell people. People are like, I don't do enough. I say, I do enough. I'm still a social worker, but I am a psychotherapist too. So I'm on the front lines. And I was a social worker in New York, uh, New <laughs> York City, where people just tell you what it is, you know, and, and I worked in Brownsville as a clinic where I saw nine-year-old's pregnant, you know, it's so sad <laughs> and crack. I know, I know. <laughs> I couldn't even sustain it. Um, then I worked on wall street. <laughs> I had this, you know, at a, a, a whole company.
0: different type of evil.
1: <laughs> yeah. 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 That was a whole, that was very In the nineties, everyone was a lot of people use crack cocaine and employee assistance program. So I've, I've seen it, but I've, I feel like I've been on the front lines, you know, um, when a lot of people are like, Oh, that doesn't happen all the time. I did a group at Kaiser and we're in the Crenshaw district. Um, but there's also people from Beverly Hills go to this one. It's in Culver City, right? Right on the Punchbowl District. And I was doing a group on work stress. And I asked this one gentleman, he's so sad. And I said, what's wrong? I'll change his name, John. And he's like, my son got killed. He's a single dad, bus driver. acting <sighs> oh my God, he was just driving his bike and somebody killed him. was not a cop. Just somebody killed him. I said, that's horrible. And he just could not, he, goes, he was, you know, raising them by himself. He said, they got to college, my 19, my 21-year-old. Then my 20 year old was killed, heartbreak. 20 people in the class. It says, anyone else can relate? 15 people raised their hands. Oh my God. Brothers, cousins, uncle, mostly African-American, but there was some Latino too. Uh, There was one woman who was Caucasian, but mostly African-American in that group. And I was like, this is an epidemic. You know, and me growing up in Connecticut in the suburbs, I didn't see this every day. I grew up in Connecticut, you know, in the suburbs. My father was an Episcopal Bishop. <laughs> so it was like to see it. But when people see it every day and the sadness and the depression, it wasn't a work stress group. It was a grief group. Yeah. Nobody knew that's why they couldn't work. And I was like, what is going on in the community? So then when people, when you see that, were all the were all gangbangers? No. Were all the police? No. What is going on? So you know, like it's, it was just so sad to see the amount of trauma that this community has dealt with every day and the day after day. And also some of the things, honestly, there is a lot of setups, you know, 15, you know, some guy was just like riding by somewhere, got 15 years to life for what? The, the, it's unbelievable. I was just shocked, you know, uh, you know, one of my clients said her they all went to college. These three black boys just driving in a car. What happened? Um, the cop pulled over and said, aren't you blah, blah, blah. Said, excuse me, killed him. Story. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> this is one of many. So when you, when you sit there, you listen, you're like, okay, something needs to be done. And that's why I'm, I really, I figured now I understand why I got into energy healing as a healer, why I got into spirituality, not just religion, because uh, energy healing. And I do theta there. I do theta healing, which is an energetic um, healing modality that heals the ancestry trauma, genetic trauma. It's created by a woman, Stiebel, who's from um, um, Idaho, <laughs> this white woman from Idaho, Irish woman, and she healed herself of cancer. So I do theta healing. Um, and I do it sometimes in the group um, if people feel needed to at the den. Um, and it heals the ancestral trauma, genetic trauma, past life trauma, and also personal soul trauma and i said oh this is why i got into this i didn't know why years ago so i do this in iop with 40 people 30 of them african American, a lot of them latino a lot of them you know people jewish people people white beverly hill different people that have had genetic trauma genetic trauma like we had a small group one time and and everyone it was like it was a really traumatic time i can't remember what happened it was like 45 people in a group the room was small and people raising their hand. I feel uncomfortable. Other people raising their hand. And this other, this one guy's like, this is like the slave channel, you know, like being put together sardines. Another one was like, I feel like I'm a Holocaust survivor. It's so close. Like other people, everyone had a trauma, Cambodian, you know, of being like squished. It was so interesting. We did the theta healing and it helped to open them up. They're like, wow, I don't know what happened, but I feel like the room got larger. I feel like I thought about my grandmother, what she survived. I don't have to carry her burden. I feel like, um, you know, like I can think differently. I don't have to create these old patterns. So I feel like that's what's happening right now. We keep fighting it out until there's a neutrality eventually. Well,
0: that's what I was about to ask you. Do you feel like on kind of a bigger, it's like also just in a societal level, like a trauma coming out as well, because like, as you know, and you've talked about it in your books and stuff, it's, it's all energy. So if that energy of trauma gets pushed down, even on a global sense or societal sense, not just individually, it's going to resurface again. Do you feel like some of that's, what's happening now too? It's like ancestral and old trauma coming up. In in a group in in a group format, basically.
1: Yes, and a lot of people don't realize that the um, police department originally was started as slave squads. They started in the South as slave squads to bring back the slaves who had run away, and it was by any means necessary. Named, raped, killed, one foot. Who don't care? Bring them back. After that was done, when the slaves were freed, they they call it the police. So it's the same. So it's the same genetic programming. And it's just, what? no, Black people are part of that system. It's a system that was created with the energy system, the energy of the, um, the seeds of the creation of what you're formulating is being act out in the energy of the work they're doing unknowingly. You know? And that's what's
0: so interesting because I don't think people realize that, that it's not because everyone's like, well, there's a few bad seeds and there could be good people. But what people aren't realizing is, but it doesn't matter like how, how beautiful that flower is. It's coming from a soil, that was filled with certain energy and to start with. And it's like, so no matter what grows from it, it's it, that base is there. So even though the flower might have no clue, that's the soil it came from, that's the soil it came from. So that's the systemic part. People aren't
1: yes.
0: totally understanding or realizing. I love that that could, <laughs> it Well, it just popped in. So it's your energy. It's your energy sure. that brought it there. Um, but it, it's interesting because it is like, Yes, of course. I'm sure there's some good cops out there, I'm sure. But it's like they, too, don't realize that they're also part of a system that was created a certain way. So just even if it's quiet, it was in every ounce of training and just the way, like you said, it's from the creation.
1: Yes, exactly. And it's, and it's going around and different things. Like somebody said, well, there's yeah, like somebody said, oh, there's good white cops out there. I was like, of course. Not, have you not seen um, the movie Boys in the Hood? Is written by a black filmmaker, John Singleton, and in it he has a black cop harassing a young black boy. He was just showing that yes, we know this, you know it's there, and and yes, we need to clear these things. Like we're yes, we're tilling the soil on a deep level, and all these unconscious things that people don't know, and that's why people I think are pushing down, you know, old statues that represented things we normalized a lot. Like, for example, like the Me Too movie, they normalize a lot of really abusive behavior. that know, it was normal. And then when everyone comes out, they're like, oh, they're reacting. No, this is happening. But people didn't realize the misogyny, women were important. And then the same thing with african American, They normalize it. Okay, this is just normal. They're, they're bad. But it's like, uh, we, is there a program that they're bad because it's the same manual that came down? They, they're pissed because they were enslaved. And then. And it keeps going on and on and on. Like when I saw a recent shooting that happened in Atlanta, which you was know, controversial, I know. But I was thinking- Are you talking the about the minute,
0: one at Wendy's? With, yeah. Yeah, yeah.
1: And it's like, yeah, why do you have to shoot him? But at the same time, yes, he was drunk, et cetera. But it was so interesting. The minute he started running, I flashed back to like slavery. Like he must have just lost it. Like how many times has it happened in the genetic DNA of people? You well, know? Of, of, and yeah. I feel
0: like that's the part people aren't, understanding either where it's like well he resisted he ran away it's like well again like you said genetically it's programmed to have so much fear of distrust in that situation it's kind of like what's better give my life up now or attempt to? Just, it's not the rash it's, there's no rationality happening it's just mm-hmm. it, again and it's like until people admit or see that there's deeper things happening then you can rationalize everything you want and it's not going to make sense and yeah, it's not gonna it, change anything.
1: I mean the chains of slavery, handcuffs. I mean it's trigger and people in trauma they go down to their cellular level. Who knows what could happen. And then friends come and out we can't say he's he was inebriated, allegedly he was, you know, drunk, so but it's like then you see all these
0: examples, which are kind of incredible, of all these white people who go in and shoot up a million people and they're nicely escorted to jail and get a trial and like get food. I mean, so it's, yeah, it's, it, it yeah. just shows right there that there is a preconceived notion because they knew yeah. he was unarmed um, and there was other ways to handle it. I agree. Yeah. Yes, he was resisting arrest for sure. but Shoot him in the leg, you know? <laughs> that, that's, I said the same thing. I was like, he did not have to die over that. That was yeah.
1: insane. And, and, and then the level of how much it happens like that class. I cannot believe I'm floored. I mean, sometimes me and my coworkers who are African-American and not like, I cannot believe like every week we get like four cases like this, you know, someone in the clinic.
0: So has it been for you as an African-American healer now? Do you Mm -hmm. feel like it's, like do you feel like you've had to step up your game of taking care of yourself? Like, because there's so much probably going on for you as well. You're having to create a healing space in a deeper way. Like you said, there's more coming at you as far as clients and what they're going through. And then even though you are so good about like rising above, it's still like, it's still part of your lineage as well. So how has this been affecting you on that level?
1: Yeah. And I think when you texted me before, that was a really hard time. Um, Because I felt like as an empath too, oh, I was knocked out. The the riots were like right, you know, over the pro, well, it was really a riot, but like on Fairfax and Melrose, my area. And I was so nervous about my office. I was knocked out as an empath. I felt, I I feel really sad, you know, and really, really sad when I, again, I know the other side of the story. And I, and I see some uh, black people online that are conservatives. they're saying the craziest things i'm like they have no clue what's going on you know in the hood so to speak you know like this is not a one two people have stories upon stories like there's something that's deeply unconscious of you know you know getting rid of the original seed really to go there but yes i've been having a hard time i've been saging a lot i've been getting my crystals you know um i have to be present Um, i grew up in a family where my mother was a teacher and my father and she, you know, had uh, services, different things that she did, a lot of scholars for funds, my mother. And my father is it was a social worker and a minister. He was the first black bishop of Connecticut. So he wrote I know. And he came That's here amazing. from South America. Yeah. So he rose above. But they always called spirit. Even if they were Christian or Episcopalian of all things, they always called spirit. So I've been always been trained. To be in crisis. Oh, something happened in the church. Something happened here, but also to be there. But I've been doing a lot of saging, meditating. I've been reading a lot of deep spiritual books of people who overcome. You know, Gandhi. Um, I mean, one of the first books I read um, when I was on my spiritual path was *Man's Search for Meaning*. I just got a book on souls. You know, Victor Frankel. I mean, Frankel. Can you imagine? I, you know, I was just reading it, and a lot of my supervisors in, at Columbia were Jewish and. They're like, why'd you pick that book? I, just, it was, I thought it was a soul book, and it was so deep. How we talk about
0: that book a lot, actually, really? on this
1: podcast. Yeah. It's, oh, my God. It's a great book. It's amazing.
0: Well, because it's exactly what you're talking about now. It's like, if there's a man who's in a camp and knows he's pretty much going to die, and knows it can be any day he's watching as being starved to death and tortured, can mm-hmm. find meaning in
1: mm-hmm. life,
0: then anyone can find the meaning.
1: Absolutely. Yes. And and also, again, the breath, the way they died, taking out the breath, you know. And there's a lot of truth in the Kabbalah, you know, in the mystics, uh, the mysticism of Judaism. You know, my father is so into the Old Testament. He's always quoting things. He's like, You don't know how the Jewish people do it all. I'm like, Okay, daddy. Yeah. So, I mean, I, you know, but I've just taken classes on that. i am taken classes on Indian and Hindu. I'm into all different cultures. I love it. But Yes, there's a lot of, and that's, I think that's why people put it out, because there's a lot of truth in different cultures, and they don't want to hear it, you know? Some people are just so afraid.
0: So it's interesting, because with your background, you were, like, again, if you choose your situation that you're going to come into this earth, you chose your family very perfectly, actually, because it's so interesting. One would think with, like, an Episcopalian, do you say pastor? What is the word for, is it
1: he was, a, he was a minister, but then he became minister. the first bishop. Yeah. Bishop.
0: So, yeah. so with that, you would think, and being, like you said, probably I'm guessing one of the few Black
1: families in Connecticut where you lived? And yeah, where we lived. I was in a we working-class Irish neighborhood. Then I lived to upper-middle-class white neighborhood, yes. Yeah.
0: Yeah, you you could think it, it would all be very different, but the fact that you've sought out spirituality in such a big way. But you hint at your book, too, that like you're, cause you, obviously we haven't even gotten into it yet. It's like you're, you're psychic. You have that um, gift and you use it also in your work every day, but you found out your parents, your mom and your grandmother were as well, right?
1: Yes. My mother was a chemistry teacher. Um, the first black chemistry teacher in the department was interesting. Her, I was, her, um, boss was John Mayer's father, <laughs> <That was my laughs> boss. but she's always talking about Dr. Mayer. Blah, blah, blah. But she became the black, uh, the first black teacher, and she was a chemist. But she would have visions. She would see uh, her ancestors. She was in. Uh, my parents are from Guyana, and Guyana uh, is where you know the uh, the book or um, well, Rihanna's mother's from Guyana. But also the book, um, the movie um, "To Stir with Love" written by a, a guy from Guyana, and uh, Cindy Poitier did that movie. So it's not that popular of a country, but it is considered like Barbados, Trinidad, one of the West Indies. So they came there um, as immigrants. So I have the great immigrant part too. And um from them. I was born in Brooklyn though, but um and, and um they would pray and my mother said an Indian man came up to her in Guyana and said, You're gonna go away, far away, stopped her in the street and said, You're gonna go far away and you're gonna teach a lot of people and don't be afraid to take the leap. And she's like, What? Where? And he goes, Yes, let me look at your palm, whatever. She turned around, he was gone. And there was a what man? I didn't see any man. So I have stories upon stories like that, and my mother was very much a psychic. Like we go to the, read this, uh, have this house in Connecticut, and I was like, "There's a ghost in here." My father gets out the Bible because he's a minister and says, you know, and mother's like, He's not gone yet. And you know, this twenty uh, third Psalm, there this center, the pattern of the deaf, you know. The soul goes back. My mother's like, He's not there, keep going, keep oh, he's gone now. You know, so I sold back. So my father was a social worker and a minister. And the Episcopal Church, people are not always aware, is one of the old that's the last church, the white Anglo Saxon Protestant. The Episcopal Church was the first church, uh, the church of, you know, England that in uh, Connecticut, that's the oldest province. So my father was head of Yale Divinity School, because he, he I know, because he was the oldest province. He's this black man, you know, that came here practically with nothing, almost homeless, from Guyana and rose his way up, um, all by faith, all by being quiet, all by being still. Then my mother went to Columbia and was a chemistry teacher. She was gonna go to medical school, but didn't have the money. So she has the chemistry, the metaphysics, the science, and then she has the teaching. And then my father has the counseling and then the spirit. So all four, she has, I definitely felt like I picked my family and I've been getting information from them um, all the time. And now I see how my mother said she prayed and prayed and prayed and she had absolutely no money, was going to get kicked out of Columbia. She's not eating, she's starving, she's like falling over. She prayed, this man in Brooklyn grabbed her arm and said, oh, I know you, you're so-and-so's daughter. I owe him $20, here's $20. And she said that lasted for a week. So like wow. they both have stories like that. So that's why, and they weren't saying we work with the universe, but they were. They just went straight to God. Um, many, you know, my father went to all these different churches. They wouldn't hire him. He went church to church to church, church. He finally went to Brooklyn St. George's, and he says, "I want to be a minister. I want to go to church. He need to go to school." Well, I should tell you the story about Martin Luther King. So my father was at Howard studying to become a minister, and um, no, 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 sorry, studying to become um, a veterinarian. And he was really liked it. Uh, Martin Luther King's fam uh, got bombed. So they went down to visit him in Atlanta. They're like, oh my God, all these young black guys. My father's 89 now, and they went to, you know, support him. And he shook everyone's hand, all these black youth. And he shook my father's hand. He goes, what are you here to do? He goes, uh, he was so inspired by speeches. He I'm here to be a minister. He goes, why are you going to that school? There's no ministerial. He goes, I'm going to change schools. My father changed to go to Howard. So he inspired him to become a minister because he wow. said that he, didn't feel, he felt a calling. Martin Luther King, yes. My father became a minister, then he became um, the first black bishop. So another story about the magic of spirit is um, when Me- Meghan Markle's wedding happened, there was a minister, uh, Bishop Curry. So they wanted my dad to be the first black bishop, the presiding. But when they came to him, he was already 64 so they all were on the campaign they're like everyone loves you you're in the oldest province and they're like oh my god you're gonna you're gonna retire here we can't do it so years later my mother they know the curries they went to him and they said oh you should you know my mother said my mother has visions. she said you should be a bishop and he goes no i would never run no it's old he goes no no you're gonna be bishop i had a dream he's like okay fine then next year saw him again at the preside at the conference. Says you should be the bishop. Because I've been thinking about it. I've been having dreams. He ran and looked. he's presiding bishops. So my mother had the same story about my father. That she said you're going to be a black bishop of Connecticut. He goes no way. She goes no no. I had a dream. There's going to wow. be a knock at the door. that came. And she's like no way. He goes well, my father's kind of shy. He's like no. You know he has a PhD. Like no no no. He goes no you're going to be the bishop. And somebody knocked and said we really think you'd be a really good bishop. And I think what my father did being so like. Connected to spirit because he had nothing else. That all his meditation and dreams and praying and knowing with all these wealthy, wealthy, wealthy people, it was so magical to them because they had every. A lot of them had everything given to them. So it was like, who is this person that really embodies the spirit? And it could be any culture, anything. And like teaching them to know, to go within, to pray, to understand. So, so then he ran, and just like she said, it wasn't the first um, time, but then the second time on the ballot he won first black bishop he made the Hartford current third in the country yeah
0: it's interesting because you were raised in a family that broke barriers constantly on both yes. sides
1: yes yeah it wasn't easy and so people say oh you grew up privileged and i'm like well, your black privilege as a price because because it, it, it it's hard it was hard too because when we moved into our neighborhood in trumbull uh they had a whole meeting about whether we should move in even though we made like, I would like to say 200,000, whatever. And then the guy next to us made like 60,000. <laughs> it's like, but because we're black, you know, they had a whole meeting. And then once they say, oh, that's the bishop, you know? Um, interesting, like our neighbors were, uh, neighbors in Bridgeport, where we lived originally, where this Irish Catholic family They didn't speak to us. Originally we moved in the whole family, the whole place. Yeah, nobody spoke to us. It was, it was just, it was, it was they speak to us and they speak to the Jewish family across the street. So he was a rabbi, followed a minister. So then finally, Finally, they said, this is in Connecticut, they said, um, one of the women said, we are Catholic people. We have to honor the cloth. If it's through Judaism, if it's through this, we have honor. Then they came and like finally welcomed I was to Young to you Know. Um, but then years later, when um, my father became bishop, one of the sons that was raised under that helped my father get this really nice house. And I thought it was interesting. Again, it's co- it's closure. Yeah. You know, and respect. So I think that's what's going to happen now. It's going to be closure. When people realize the truth and say, oh, my God, I never realized, and then let it go eventually. Like well, how- and I,
0: yeah. Yeah. And it's interesting because I know you were saying too, it, for you, it's like you experienced a lot of it too in school because you were very smart. You are very smart, but you were a smart kid. And it was almost like you were distrusted every time you did anything. Like if you got great grades or had a great paper or did anything great, they just assumed you cheated.
1: Yes. That happened often. And, and I couldn't stand it. And it wasn't my if mo- my mother wasn't a teacher like uh, my friends I talked about. It. I don't think I don't know how I would survive because my mother would ye- go in there and yell and <laughs> say, "This is her IQ. She had 140 IQ. What are you doing?" Or you know, look at her grade. Rawr, 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 rawr. And she did that with scholarship funds. Yes, that happened when I got like all A's and as was it. It was geometry, trigonometry. It's just like, oh, you, how did you get better than the Asian students? Or you know, like or. Yeah, all the time, all the time, smart shame, I call it. And a lot of African-Americans, because they don't expect it and they don't know it. But I, I went to private school. I went to school in Fairfield, Connecticut, went to the aqua school. You know, I got a scholarship to go to that school. My mother pushed and pushed because she was all into education. My mother went to Columbia, you know, she was an immigrant and she went to um, uh, Hunter, you know, and my father went to Howard. So they were educated. So, and they, and in a lot of the West Indies, which people are not aware that they're very much into education. Um, like Barbados and Trinidad and Guyana, they have that like 98% um, edu- uh, percentile in terms of literacy. They're very high literacy rate. And they're also in a country that's all black. So a lot of it's stratified in terms of how much money you have and not just color. So other people encourage them to learn. And this is why you find in a lot of like, um, some of, the, I'll just use rappers because they're most popular. Uh, a lot of the rappers like Jay-Z or you know, Biggie, or they're all West Indian. A lot of them are West Indian because they had businesses there. Um, you know, and Rihanna's mother. You know, Rihanna's. A lot of them. Uh, Nick- Nicki Minaj's Barbados, like all. You know, Trinidad. So that's very common. So that you, you didn't have the oppression to say you can't do this. There's nobody there telling them. I'm not saying Black Americans haven't done it. They have. They are the ones that made. You know, the work to have people come over. They did great work here, and they're like in the front lines. They're literally in the front lines. Um, when they were doing um, the civil rights movement and the SNCC, you know, and all the different levels of uh, Martin Luther King. Um, and there's just many ways that I think the diaspora dispersed, that's what it means, um, from the West Indians, because rap is a Jamaican rap um, art form that came over. And that's why it started in Brooklyn and it moved around. And, you know, we ha- and then we have the West Indians that came in and helped. Um, what's his name? Sydney um, Poitier is from, I think he's Bahamian and um um belafonte where is he from i think he was barbados or something so cicely tyson you know um so they kind not of come from there and now we have the nigerians coming over and helping us with um awkward and you know all these different things so i feel like we're coming and we're helping each other and then now we have globally the worldwide people and that's what's so beautiful because god i feel does not make mistakes and that everyone who's here everyone needs to be here for the learning you know gay straight we're all need to be here this is a school and we need to kind of go together and say oh my god we, we really do bleed alike or we really are very similar or I've learned a little bit from Taoism or Hinduism or you know African spirituality or Egyptology or the Kabbalah you know wow let's take this piece let's take that piece and You know, and I feel like as we gather together, we all have a piece, you know, a piece of the puzzle to make peace. We have a piece, we all have a little bit of a piece. Doctors
0: take Field of Greens for their own health. Here's Dr. Ryan Green to explain.
1: We're like you, too much fast food not enough exercise. That's why I take Field of Greens. The fruits and vegetables in Field of Greens support my heart, lungs, kidneys, and metabolism for weight loss. And Field of Greens promises your doctor will notice your improved health or your money back. Get 15% off with promo code HEALTH at fieldofgreens.com. That's promo code HEALTH at fieldofgreens.com. Product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. I think the universe is very genius that
0: way. Yeah, and in that sense, there's no, like what I like to say when I'm teaching too, I try and remind people, there's no accident you're here on this earth during this time. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, you're here for a reason and you're part of it. You're part of this shift and you're part of this learning because like you said, and I think you started with this too, with your clients, there's obviously this huge global shift happening, but I always say energy is energy. So if this energy is hitting us in this global systemic way which is amazing and I know you've talked about this too going kind of from Piscean to the Aquarian age it's like just shifting structure and Mm -hmm. how we see each other and who we look to it's also happening within yourself individually so it's like all of us are probably like you said people are coming into your practice right now you know finding purpose or figuring it out or feeling a little maybe torn down ready to kind of build back up it's it's there's shifts happening on so many levels right now it's actually crazy
1: yeah, it's deep. It's kind of deep. It's like we're yeah. on a earth, but we don't honor the female, the divine feminine. So that's coming in now, you know, so as we become out of the divine feminine, which is a natural creator, we have to create. And that's part of the, the game is how do you create? And that's why everyone's so frightened and scared, because we haven't been taught to how to create artists have, you know, writers and dancers, they are creative, but now we're getting more into creating because We have to be like the creator. That's why everyone comes to earth to go back to the light to say, wow, this is how we have peace. So we have to practice this game on how we create. And how do you do that? You go within, you meditate, you start doing little things, you start, you know, making little things. You start saying you get visions through your dream state and say, maybe I should open a meditation center. Maybe I should open this and maybe I should, you know, write. Maybe I should do a scholarship fund for people. Maybe I should have a reading, you know, seminar for, you know, fifth graders. So we're getting these downloads all the time and we're like, ah, oh, no, I gotta be safe. No, 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 no. But now it's like, okay, you know, games up guys, you know, we're all quiet. And then, you know, another thing that happened is that everyone was like horrified of seeing George Floyd's death, but we all were home.
0: If we were My all gosh. busy,
1: it'd be like, oh, just another killing, no, 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 no. I agree. Everyone was home and they could see it and the universe set that up. Remember, like I said, I'd wrote this out, Corona means crown, uh, the crown chakra is open. This is a beautiful setup in some ways of we're being you know, uh, called to be quiet. And the crown is when a, a child is born, she crowns, she comes out of the womb. So what is coming out of this womb? It was, so everything, again, the duality, everything's negative, can be positive. So we're crowning something new. And the sun has a corona. So the light, the universe is shining on us. What are you gonna do, guys? You know, What are you gonna do now? So unless we... Honor Mother Earth. This is why the Me Too movement came up.
0: Mm-hmm, you know, honoring
1: mm-hmm. women. We, honor, we're on a female Earth. Honor the creator, the divine. And male-female is just energy. It doesn't have to be. A lot of people believe the divine feminine is a woman, you know, or the divine masculine is a, or God is a, a woman. I heard so many people call me lately. I think God's a woman. I'm like, more power to you. It's not it. <laughs> I've heard God's voice. It sounds like a mix of male-female. I can't tell. You know, strong but loving, you know determined but nurturing. it's like this combo, this energy because we need both um, to mix and learn to grow because in mystery schools when the male and the female are together and they mix together, that's opens your third eye. The mixture of the male and the female, the balance of the masculine and the feminine energies opens the third eye and that's how you see clear.
0: And you think this is the time when people are finding and forced to find their balance? Is that what's part of what's happening here?
1: yes if they're aware if they're getting close to being awoke which is hard when you're in scare fear and if you're stucking on the first chakra or you're in um you know you don't know what's next how are you going to feed and this is like my parents taught me that they had no money they had nothing they were immigrants you know and they just had to pray and trust trust their gut you know walk by faith and not by sight they had to trust and you know, I chant, you know, and that's when you go within and say, okay, what do I want to create? Because, you know, a lot of trauma that comes, divorces, relationship problems, health problems is for the universe to get your attention. Oh, you got, oh, you're on your back now. Guess what? I need you. It's a calling. It's a calling. I always say people in the group that have been fired, kicked out, racial harassment. I said, nice, nice, nice. What does your soul really want to do? Not nice. I meant in a negative way. Like, what does your soul <laughs> really want to do? Oh, I've always wanted to help at-risk youth. I was at refused, I was a gangbanger, and then I, I didn't do, you know, but I got out. I said, did you go back? No, but I've always wanted to. You know, I've had stories like the story, and I said, that's why you're being harassed at your job. It's not just racial, you're supposed to be helping these young kids, because your journey is different, you know? Mm-hmm. And they're like, no, 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 maybe. Because um, I had a woman who was like a gangbanger, and she was, I called her, uh, I called it false security in my other book coming out, and. I was, you know she really wanted to she's working at a nice county job she was thin she was healthy she's african-american she was doing really well she had a stroke it was no high blood pressure no symptoms she was like 33 i was like how did you? she hated the job it oh, wasn't God. what she wanted to do she had left her job as a security guard and as a security good job um, at a school she would sit there she's a gang guard she'd sit and talk to these kids and she'd say hey you know like you're you know, you should do this, why are you gangbanging? And she would speak to them on their language, in their frequency, which is kind of the connection. Like, I can't speak on that frequency, but she could. She can go right to them and said, I've been there, this is what's going on, blah, blah, blah. And then what would happen is that they would change. And I said to her in the group, how many kids have you changed? I don't know, I couldn't count, 30? I was like, 30? She goes, they've started business, they've done this. I said, that's your calling. This is why you had a stroke at your job. You're wasting your soul work here. And she said, I always wanted to do it, but I don't know how to do it. I didn't go to school. I said, don't even ask the universe. It'll help you, you know? Yeah.
0: You're very big on, um, and you have a class that you do dialoguing with the universe. And because for you, it really worked. And granted, you had a very strong connection to spirit. And and I I love it, the idea of just, if you really just ask, the answers come. But you have to be open to seeing the signs, Mm -hmm. right? And it's like, because you even talk about like, you can ask even before you go to sleep, just ask to remember your dreams and then you'll start remembering your dreams. Ask for signs of whatever it is, ask for help.
1: Yes. And it, it, the part of it is to really start to listen and learn how to listen, the language of our spirits, intuition. And we're, we're actually taught not to be intuitive, not to listen to that. And that's again, is a feminine, that's a receptive energy, receptacle, you know? Um, I think there's two ways to listen. Um, and when you start listening to the universe over and over again, You'll start seeing signs through animals, through totem animals, through uh, aha moments, through synchronicities, through coincidences, which is coinciding. Uh, The universe is highly intelligent through, um, you'll start seeing number sequences because what's a universal language, number. What's another universal language, laughter. What's another universal language, music. Universe, verse is a song. And then we listen, we do our own rhythm and we listen to what strikes a chord in us, a chord then we start listening to our own song, not the ones we've been programmed with, but the ones that's within our heart, in the beat of our heart, that rhythm, that rhythm, okay? So listening to that sound, that rhythm, um, it, what happens is that it opens us up to find our purpose. So it is a practice. It's That's why I do the class regularly. You know, it is a practice over and over and, and it is a shift in consciousness. It wasn't easy for me and it wasn't like all the time. I mean, I was brought up in that, as I did it, and I would get miracles. I'm like, whoa! Someone's listening. Whoa! There's a sign, and it's it's quite fascinating. And there might be other paths, but that path is what really helped for me. And I I would I would ask, and I would still have financial problems. So then somebody I met somebody from a Hindu, and I start chanting in Sanskrit. I'm Maha, Lakshmi, Swaha. All of a sudden, people start coming in. I'm like, wow! Like pulling from different parts is what we all are going to be doing now. Pulling from different cultures and different religions. That's universal, you know, universal.
0: It's funny. I agree with that, too. I'm very big on, and not everyone agrees with that. Some people feel like pulling certain things is actually bad and that you have to be, you know, very one lineage based. Otherwise, you're not growing, you'll never grow to your full potential. And look, you know, because we're at the den, that's not what we're about. We are about multi-lineage for, I think, exactly that reason. Because I feel like you're, you're gonna, everyone's going to become their own individual religion, like everyone's, yes. you know what I mean? Everyone's going to create the religion that works for them. And that might be like you said, that mantra, that Hindu mantra, and then it might be, you know, this ceremony and that, and it's all going to be because we're all created differently. So, mm-hmm. so I, it's funny that you say that. I totally agree with that.
1: And yeah. go ahead. No, a lot of the systems have broken down. I mean, look what happened with the Catholic church, yeah. you know, the, all that scandal. So people turn away from that you know, and in other religions, things have happened. People turn away. Why? All the systems are breaking down because we wanted to be creators. We wanted to create our own and spirituality is creating from yourself. Religion is creating from man. So I feel like as again, part of the Aquarian age is being a, a creator. And if we start creating our own, whatever it may be, because I, I grew up very religious, but I don't, but I was like chanting in Buddhist and doing different things, going to ashrams, and, I asked my dad, he's like, whatever works for you, like his mother and my, both my grandmothers were going to unity, which is not Christian, you know, it's a little different. So he's like, and um, he's like, whatever works for you. And that's, I think it helped me open up because I love different cultural spirituality, chanting, meditating, you know, writing, automatic writing. And I kept saying, God block it if it's not right and more would come. That's how I worked with it. I kept saying, block it if it's not right. If this is sacrilegious to see a dead relative, you know, if you grew up in like Christian, oh, to see a dead relative is horrible. My mother said, oh, we see it? I don't care. I saw a dead relatives. <laughs> so I would see them. They would just show up when I was 27 I just started seeing ghosts. And I was like, oh my God, Read the Bible. And then um, I asked and more people would come. And this random woman from Switzerland um, a friend of a friend knocked, came to my door. She was. I heard you're seeing ghosts and spirits. There's nothing wrong with it. Let me tell you part of your path. I was like, how much is this? She's like, free. You're just, I just want you to open up to your work. So people just literally come out of the blue. And as you keep putting up these blocks, knowing that what you say is heard. And the universe keeps bringing it in. That's why I felt like it wasn't wrong. It was right. But a lot of people do have that feeling.
0: I mean, you had some amazing experiences. Was What was his name? Paul? Like, who just oh, came-
1: I mean, it was like,
0: so what do you think that was? Do you think that was an actual person? Do you think that was someone sent to you? Like, what do you, and just so you guys know, it was someone she met and started talking to, and then you basically spent three solid days with like not sleeping, not eating, talking about spirituality, just inhaling like all this information. And then he kind of like, I mean, you should tell it, it's really incredible.
1: So yeah, I was 27 right before my Saturn return. I was in D.C. after I had finished working on the Hill, which was interesting in itself. And I worked for an economic research firm, a French company called the um, Organization of Economic Development, and they said, you know, you can go to France for, you know, for free, and we'll, you know, move you over there, blah blah blah. But I'd gotten into I had a health crisis at 24, so I got into like I was a vegetarian. I was working out twice a day because the gym was on. Everything was set up. The gym was on my uh, place where I lived. And then I went to where did I go? I would I would go to the park every day and meditate. So and I would work out twice a day, meditate. So I feel like my energy field was really high, which I didn't even know what that meant. And I was deciding should I go to France? But it didn't feel right in my body, because everyone was smoking. And I was like, I don't want to smoke in a company. Or I said, or should I do something else? You know? And I never thought about being a social worker, but I'd done a little class of it. My father's like, I'm a social worker. I said, I want to be a, a psychotherapist. And he's like, well, that's a psychotherapist. You can be. I was like, I don't know. So, and then coming out of like Wesleyan, you know, where you're like, oh, you're going to be that's stupid. You got to go to medical school or law school. Everyone, the MBA, you know, the high energies. And um, I was like, don't, don't suit my soul. So I went to, I just started meditating in a park. And then I went to a, a workshop and I kept asking the universe. I just wrote Louise Hayes book. You can heal your life. I said, ask. So I asked, I said, what should I do? So I went to this workshop at this bookstore in um, Adams Morgan in D.C. And it's, um, and there was an energy behind me. I just felt it was so strong. And it was this guy, you know, he looked like a surfer to me. And he was, I just felt this energy like on my head. It was so strong. And I turned around and you just, he didn't really look at me, you know. I was like, what is that? And I turned around and it was like, how to meet your angels. in was the name of the class at a new age bookstore. It was so strong. So then um, I started walking to the books after the class. And this book literally fell and hit me and said, talk to your angels. I'm like, this is crazy. And I said, look at this book. And the minute I talked to him, he started talking to me about the universe and God and how things work and da-da-da-da. And I was just so immersed, you know, in this person. I'm like, wow, how do you know all that? And I was like, oh my God, this is saying God had energy that was fucking me. me. This energy was strong, but I didn't know what those terms were. And we started talking like for like, I felt five minutes and they said, oh, the class ended at eight, it's 11 o'clock. You guys have to leave. And I was like, where did the time go? And that was a time warp. Like we were talking, he was just, and his, he just would focus and just talk and talk and talk. So I said, this is so interesting. I've been just asking questions. Do um, you want to keep talking? He goes, Let's go grab something to eat. We went to a place, a, uh, a restaurant in Adams Morgan. And um, it was a re- I remember it was an Italian restaurant. starving uh, because we had to eat. And I, I lost my appetite. And he just started talking. He kept staring at me. His eyes did not blink. About the universe and knowledge was what you ask will come back what you believe will manifest because what you give will come back to you. And he and he I uh, have this big wad of money um, and he um, and he kept giving it away to people on the street. Like there was like homeless area you know Adams Morgan. And he kept giving it and I was like the the wad of money never got smaller. And I was just looking at it and listening to him and looking and this information was like food to me. It was like food. So I didn't eat my food. I just sat there and I said, How do you do that? you know and um, he said, you just trust because we are limitless beings of light. We're limitless. And I was like, Oh, okay. He told me a little bit about his background, but, um, I said, you need to cover that money. We're in Morgan. it's a tough neighborhood. So I had something like this, which is like a little, you know, like, um, wallet. And I said, here, I just, he goes, I was hanging out in Guatemala. I said, Oh my God, I just got this wallet from these Guatemalian shamans down the street. He goes, Oh, that's so cool. I go, here's a wallet It's a gift to you for all you've given. He opened the wallet and there was another wallet inside. I bought the wallet. He gives it back to me. And he's like, see, when you give, you receive. Oh my God. I was like, how did the hell did that happen? I think about, I read, like autobiography for Yogi where these things just manifest. So then it, people are like, you have to leave. It's two o'clock in the morning. I said, we just sat down. I was like, where did the time go? That was time warping. He was teaching me. I didn't even know what was going on. So he was very innocuous, with a, you know, surfer. And I was like, well, I got to go home. We go to Virginia, I go to Maryland, we're in D.C., And I said, "Well, I keep wanting to talk to you." And he goes, "God, I think things had stopped. The the subways go to his so You can hang out with me, you know." And he felt very safe. I was like not picking up a guy, (laughs) but then so we just he took a taxi, and the cab driver looked at him. He goes, "Where are you going?" Said Maryland. And he said, he said to him, "You carry a lot of lights." I didn't know what that meant to him. I'm like, "What does that mean?" So then we were hanging out, and by, we kept talking. And he said, do you know about numerology? I said, no, what's that? He's just teaching me. He goes, well, I'm a 9 year level. Let's do our numbers, blah, blah, blah. And then he was talking about, you know, music and Enya. And I'm like, oh, I love Enya. That, oh, it's so great. This, that. And he goes, I've been reading The Course in Miracles, like I've read. Um, he goes, I, have you read Marianne Williams' book, you know, um, um, Mother, A Woman's Worth? I said, oh, my God, I have that book. And I've been reading The Course in Miracles. And he's like, that's so weird. I'm on page 150. I open up my book. I said, I'm on page 150. There was a coincidence. Crazy. And then it became six o'clock. We didn't sleep. I hadn't eaten. And he goes, let's go to yoga. So he went to DuPont Circle, (laughs) went to yoga. He goes, I just want to teach you more. And we just just, was tagging. And we just go on and on. We went to DuPont Circle. Everyone seemed to know him. And they're like this. We meditate, and I felt all this light. I didn't know what that was. He goes, to like, is says, "Great." And we went to a Buddhist bookstore. Talked about this uh, Tibetan bookstore. And all the time, he was saying, "Have you ever moved clouds?" I said, "No." He was. So we're lying down on the um, on the structure. Like no, in, in Dupont Circle, we lie down. He goes, "Look at the cloud." And he goes, "Our energy, our thoughts, our intentions." He's like, "Get that cloud and poke it," and you watch the watch it. The clouds dissipate, so I kept pulling it, and the clouds would dissipate. I was like, "How do you do it?" He goes, "Our thoughts create our outcome." So I poke at the cloud, and it would dissipate. He goes, "Don't put your finger up now; just focus." I focus, and the clouds would dissipate. I was like, "That is so—I've cool. never seen that." I was like, "That is so cool." So we started talking. Went to Tibetan bookstore. We're talking about Melaripa who was an ascended person, um, uh, ascended um, yogi, and we just started talking. We went back to my apartment. We kept this is like what, twenty-four, thirty-six hours later. <laughs> And I still had to eat and sleep in And they just talked about the universe and the different Buddhas and the Christ energy and this and that. And then more things happened. And I finally said, I said, who are you? You know, oh, that was, what was weird. Is that he said, I'm going to come back and cook you a meal because he, he, he goes, you gave me shelter. You gave me knowledge. You gave me this. Oh, I going to come back and cook you a nice vegetarian meal. So he left after 36 hours. He went home and then I, I was suspicious. So he used my comb. So I took a piece of his hair and put him in a plastic container i was like this is weird i'm not tired i haven't slept i'm not hungry like nothing like i was like floating and i didn't realize now that was a, a dimensional shift so then when he came back oh no before he came back i've fallen asleep you know after like 36 hours and i woke up and there he was standing with this long gown on he looked angel he was probably an angel like a long gown on and i was like and he looked so, he was looking at me so peaceful and the energy in the room was like really etheric. And I woke up, but he looked different. His hair looked different, but his soul, was, I recognized who it was. So when he came back, I said, you were in my apartment and he didn't look at me. And I said, you, and he's like, no. He goes, I don't know, he goes, I don't know. He goes, the universe, have you read the course? He goes, read the course in front of me. Your voice is healing. He, and I he goes, you think so? He goes, yes. He goes, you can heal and teach people through your voice. I was working at economics research for, I had no idea I was gonna be a therapist and this and that. He goes, you can read through your voice, keep reading, goes louder, louder. And he goes, have you ever thought about being a counselor? I said, my father put that seed in my head, but I, I don't know if I could do it. It was already August. I said, you know, the schools are already closed. He goes, trust, the universe will show you on your path. And I said, but if I go to New York, I'm in DC, I don't know anybody, I'll feel alone. He turned around and he said, no matter what you do and where you go, you're never alone. And the whole room shook. My God, exactly. I said, "You sounded like God." When they talk about in, you know, uh, you know, God's energy shook the Garden of Eden, and everything shook. That's what it felt like. Like every cell was shaking in my room, but it didn't shake. It was energy. And he didn't show me his face. And I said, "Who was that? That sounded like God." He goes, "We all can channel God." And I said, not like that. I never heard guys like me. I was like, whoa. And he said, Why don't you apply? So I applied to Columbia and I was just stuck. I was like struck then. I applied to Columbia, got waitlisted, but then got in. And I see guys said, the only program we have, we really like your application because it was late. He says so a sixteen um, week program or sixteen month program. You do your, you know, masters in two um, in a, sixteen months. And I did it, a average. It was just meant to be. So that's how I, I got there. But then later when I said, Who are you? He goes, our time together has ended. He didn't say goodbye, see you later. And I said, that is weird. And then and then he said, I'll, I'll, you know, he gave me his number, or whatever. He said, Let's keep in I said, let's keep in touch. He goes, sometimes memories are just situations like this are just remembered to be remembered in the heart. Just in your heart. And he goes, And if you tell the story, you know, people might remember it in their heart. And I'm like, What story? What is he talking about? I thought he was a friend. So my Reiki master called me and said Carolyn, I, oh. I said, oh, you won't believe. And she's like, oh my God, you've met like the Christ light or the white light. Your whole aura is golden. She's kind of blind. I said, it is? And she said, yeah. And I said, I think I, she said, don't talk about it. Just hold on to it. And I didn't like see people for like two days. It was just like floating. But after like two days, I was just sitting in my room, no TV. And I was just like, what was that? So I called the number he gave me and they said, our son has died years ago. What Don't call this number. And I'm like, okay. I called again. I, was like, I said, please don't call this number. I said, maybe he gave me the wrong number. Okay. Then I said, I took. A, I had taken a picture of him. So I went back in the plastic container. I looked at the, no hair. Wow. I, I'd taken a picture of him with those, remember those yellow polo, Polaroids? I took a picture, went out, got it, you know, I was excited to see it. And when I took it, it looked like it just turned into light. Like I couldn't, I said, did I see it? And then when I got the picture developed, there's nothing but light.
0: That's amazing.
1: It really was unbelievable.
0: I mean, and you've ha- go ahead, sorry.
1: No, I'm just saying like when I tell people the story, they're so mesmerized because you can feel the energy. It's incredible.
0: and And it's like, you've had so many amazing experiences and, path affirming experiences which purpose affirming experiences which is what so many people are want and which is why you're probably so suited to help people find their purpose which is what I know you do so well
1: because I really asked I asked and this happened and I think it's because I was working out my energy field was high I wasn't eating you know I was eating good I'm not a vegetarian now but you know and I was I was my energy was I was meditating regularly I think that's what the yogis did You know, they ate well, they meditated, they do. So it must have been, um, you know, that my energy feels high enough for him to meet me. Never heard from him again. Just got one letter years, maybe like six months later. And it kind of, no postmark. And it just said, you're a beautiful being of light. And, And he said those things to me. He goes, you are so gifted. You are so intuitive. You're all this stuff, which didn't mean anything. And then years later, I'm like, oh, that's what he was talking about. Yeah.
0: How, like with your psychic gifts, because it is so interesting that you are, you know, a psychotherapist, you are a social worker and a psychic. So how often when you're like in, you know, you have amazing stories, but like when you're meeting with clients, do you have to invite stuff in or do you have to shut stuff out? Like, like if you're talking to someone, do you automatically, let's say see their aura, do you automatically hear from angels for them or people in their past? Like how often is the, does the psychic stuff happen while you're actually with clients?
1: Yeah. With a psychotherapy, I, I turn it off because it didn't come for that. Um, you know, I can't do it at the HMO I work for. <laughs> so um <laughs> So, uh, but some, it's very interesting because I have that chakra chart and and like crystals in my office that people will come in or the youngins and the ones that they Google me, they're like, you see my dead relative. I'm like, okay, I'm here for therapy, you know, but I've been protected because, you know, Kaiser has a really strong um, model and brand right. that's their brand. So I can't intrude upon it, but people have found me and have asked me questions and then um, like when I was, um, so I turn that off basically to answer your question. And then when I'm, you know, all, all bets are off when I'm privately, I'll hear, I'll see, I'll feel, I'll, do numerology, I'll just channel information, ancestors come in, mediumship. Um, but there I don't really, sometimes if it's really needed, a little bit will come out or if they're open, you know, a little bit, like I'll tell them a little bit about numerology or they'll say, Hey, I got this crystal. Do you know what it is? And I'll, and I'll go, jump into it. But I, I wait for their lead. And I don't bring them far down the rabbit hole, um, you know, but I've, I've had a lot of people that um, they're drawn energetically because people are drawn. It's like, like attracts like, because somehow they felt like they needed something. Like I get a lot of 28, 29, 30 year olds, Saturn return. And they're coming into therapy and I say, well, this is what's going on, right? And they're like, how do you know that? I said, you're 29, you're Saturn. And they're like, my relationship, my health and that. And then I slowly like give them information. If they're open, if they're not, they're not but it's unbelievable how many people in the clinic will come to me with those issues that people know. They're like, go to, send her to Carolyn. She's the <laughs> one with that weird crystals and stuff like that. Um, but I think now what I think why it happened like years ago when I was 27 at that same age where I met Paul and then I, I started to go to 28 and then I started to open up to this world and I, I trained at the Edgar Cayce Institute. Um, and then um, when I got my first, it's funny, when I got my first job on Wall Street, I was like so into this. And I was so nervous. And it was Harris Rothenberg, which is the EAP. The founder of it is um, it's a psychic. Her name is B. Harris. Um, and it was mostly, it's a Jewish-owned firm. And this, I was telling her about all my different things. I had all these spiritual experiences. Like, how do I hide it? And she's like, uh-huh. I said, this theory and this theory. She's like, mm-hmm. she's like I hired you because you're intuitive. And I love that part about you. And I said, how did you know? She like, didn't say anything. And that's how she got all her accounts, was through Visions, through, you know, Scadden Arps, um, Dean Witter, um, huh. JP Morgan, through Visions. So, and then my, my supervisor at the time, well, and this is and the part, the part of the reason they hired me at the time that I was way qualified was because they're having so many African-Americans, they're in the employee assistance program, they're being, having difficulties in their jobs. So they need somebody who looked like, you know, that was going there. But then my, um, my supervisor was an astrologist. <laughs> She had functuated, the manager had functuated office. My good coworker was into mediumship. It was weird. We we're at 99 Wall Street. And then we all had these um, incredible spiritual experiences. Now here I am thinking I'd be straight laced and wear my little suit. And she's like, no, she's trust your intuition. It's really strong, isn't that I mean, see how the universe takes care of me. And that's the only reason I could trust because I wanted to work up in the South Bronx in, um, in, in mental health. And I said, I want to help the people there. And, and they like my job, why? Because I, I went to Columbia and also when I was one of the youngest people they hired. I had worked on Wall Street and I worked, I mean, I'm sorry, I'd worked at an economic research firm and I worked on the Hill. So they said, she's perfect for the combination of social work and then had a business background with all the business clients. So at spirit, is like putting it together. So when I was 28 and 29 and all that going through it, I think it, it was connecting me to right now, to when the spiritual awakening's happening, you know, 25 years later. And so I can talk about, is this psychic or psychotic? Is this psychotherapy or do you need, you know, is it, you know, hearing the divine or losing your mind? You know, what is it? And we right. need people to do that bridge, you know, we really do, because we need our gifts of spirit to do our creative work.
0: And we need more light workers right now more than ever.
1: Big time. Absolutely.
0: So how, um, so I've, I'm going to do four quick questions with you. We call them our four U's. So it's like four to go. So now I'm curious, what's your go-to crystal?
1: Oh. Uh, Lemurian
0: quartz. <laughs> I have My Lemurian's one of my favorite too. I'm holding a Herkimer right now. Uh, oh,
1: that's a nice piece. Isn't that's it nice? Piece. Yeah. This is, uh, yeah, yours is a nice. That's, that's a very high crystal. That's an ascension crystal.
0: Is it? It's like, it's, yeah. I've been, Lately, it's my go-to. I just hold it and rub it. Wow! Um, where did and, you get Well, I'll, I'll tell you. You know, I have this. There was this woman who does these shows in her house, so everything's oh. like well, a price. So I'll give you that information because yeah. it's amazing. Um, but it's funny because you were saying. I remember the other night I fell asleep and I was like, I want to remember my dreams. And I kept waking up clutching this crystal like really hard. And I would have this message and, and I'm, now I'm like, I got to write stuff down, even if it's the middle of the night, because I wake up and be like, oh yeah, you need to remember that. And then I would fall back asleep and then I'd wake up again with the same exact message in a different version.
1: Mm-hmm. I'm like,
0: you have to remember that. That happened three times. And then of course in the morning, I'm like, what was it? <laughs> Why? And I couldn't remember it. And it's like and it was annoyed me because I'm like three times you woke up with the same exact message and I told myself, You need to remember this. This is important. And then I still didn't remember it.
1: Probably buried, so keep asking tonight. It'll come up.
0: Like I you will first
1: help me. I know this is part of message. Bring it back. Yeah.
0: Okay. I will. That's good. Thank you for that advice. Okay, number two, because you are so well read, you read a lot. It seems like you really love to read. Yeah. Um do you have a favorite book, or most a book that's influenced you the most?
1: There's so many.
0: I know, and it's a hard one for you.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I actually do love Embrace by the Light," which is a woman's near-death experience by Betty Eady. It's a quick read, and it's about a woman going to the other side. She had a, um, she met God and Christ, and all this other stuff, and it talks about lessons in life. And she was a seventh-grade education. I just love it. It's a quick read and allusions. I love allusions too.
0: Uh, Braced yeah. by the light. Is there? Do you have a surprising hobby?
1: Oh, I do crystal collecting. Um, recording? Oh, no, um, <laughs> no. ah. wow. No crystals and folks. I don't. know. Um, no. That would be crystals. I have a crystal garden. I don't know if you can see it behind there. Oh, there it is. Yeah, <laughs> I have all these crystals. They're all over my apartment.
0: What's the weirdest thing you do? Like, do you wear your crystals? Do you sleep with your crystals? Do you be like, what, what do you do with your crystals?
1: I sleep with them. I've had, you know, I had a burned hand. I slept with sodalite because I didn't even know and it, it helps burns. And my, it was like a secondary burn that went away. I'm not recommending these at home, but I can't believe my crystals have taught me. Uh, still Bite helps me wake up in my dreams. That's a great crystal to use. Still Bite, there's a little piece right here that's really good if you want to wake up in your dreams. It's like an oh, orangey, like a part of Popolite. Um, but I do, and I had a, a bad trauma in the hospital. I ended up, uh, I was just looking at these, I've been called, go to Christmas, go, go, go. It's Mother Earth Healing, and I picked up um, Snake Skin Agate, and it replayed the dream, the, um, the experience, and it made it positive. I don't have the same memories. It was like shedding skin, Snake Skin Agate.
0: Is this the, your fibroid experience?
1: Uh, yes. Yeah, yeah, the myomectomy.
0: I mean, it's like, when I read that, because I had a myomectomy, and I was uh-huh. just like, I couldn't imagine if that's how mine turned out. It's just insane, everything you um, went through.
1: But I heard God's voice then. Too. So, right. Uh, so like you
0: said, a positive to everything.
1: Some ways. $30,000 bill lately, but, well, <laughs> you know. yeah. I guess that's
0: not funny. but
1: yeah. I told God, no, I did. I told God, I said, next time, send me an email, Gmail. Don't kill me and give me a bill. You know? <laughs> send me an email. If you want to get my attention, bring me to the other side.
0: It, it's an expensive communication Um, If you had one Achilles heel in your life that you still work on, what is
1: it? Oh, Oh my God. (laughs) Probably being here, um, being on Earth, because I've always said since I was little, I do not want to come back here. So, and I think that's why, maybe that's part of, thank you for asking that, why I push everyone's purpose, because I'm trying to do my purpose, which is helping other people so I don't have to come back here. But that's the thing. Um, when I was little, I was at a summer camp, and this guy's like, you're so nice, I don't know why. I go, I never want to come back to here, earth again. <laughs> I was like five. In my, soul. my mother used to say that, my grandma used to say that too, so I probably was programmed, but that would be it, like doing things so I can evolve, but not easy.
0: Well, it's funny because before we get to your personal practice, which she's going to lead us in a meditation on peace um, through the heart chakra, I thought one thing that was interesting that kept coming up that you were saying was it feels like you've gotten, and in your family, a lot of transmissions through kind of hands
1: And Mm -hmm. handshakes, because you
0: were talking about like your dad with Martin Luther King, you talked about your grandmother in your book, you talk about your grandmother, kind of like holding your hands, like when she was passing and like giving you more energy. And I felt like there was something else you were saying. And it was like, Oh, that's so interesting. It feels like there's all these kind of transmissions happening
1: through Mm -hmm. the hands. Yes. Well, our hands, uh, you know, actually connect to our hearts. And our hands are, we're givers, you know, we're givers. So the hands are very sacred. So it's like, it goes right up to the heart center here. Um, and then you have to give and receive to balance to feel healthy. So like, if you get something new, like in this hand, if I got this chrysocolla, if I don't give back to somebody else, I hold on to it. Someone's trying to give me something new, I won't be able to let it go. So I have to get the information and then pass it on to, so I'd be able to get more downloads. So I think hands are very sacred in many, many different ways. And then it also is about creating. We create with our hands, many things. So.
0: I love that. Well, this has been such a lovely conversation. Thank you. Um, You guys will have all of, feel free to uh, say any way they can get in touch with you, but we'll have all of her information on our page so you can get in touch with her. She teaches at the Den. She's a phenomenal teacher. Um, If you do need a session, if psychotherapy, social work, anything, she's incredible Um, or psychic. Mm -hmm. You do it all really. That's what's so amazing. Which I love, and wow. thank you for shedding a lot of light and having the conversation on what's going on right now as well.
1: Sure. Um, Thanks I, for having me. I appreciate it. Cool. No, it was great.
0: Yeah. I loved it, and I'm really excited for your personal practice. So, she Carolyn's going to do a five minute meditation on peace, um, using going through the heart chakra. So, if
1: everyone um, just feet flat in the floor, back as straight as possible. And we're going to focus on the heart center. So I like to call in the archangels to help us to ground and surround our energy like the four directions. Miguel right, Raphael left, Gabriel behind, Uriel in front. It's just energy. And I want everyone to take a breath in and then release out. And take another breath in and then release out. And the third breath in. And then release out. I want you to focus on the heart center. Imagine your heart is a golden light. It's filled with love, peace, and loving kindness for yourself. And when your mind wanders, I want you to focus on your heart. Good. really being aware of each inhalation and exhalation, and when you're breathing in, breathe in love, and then you're releasing, release any fears. In your heart, imagine there's this energy of peace. This is the highest energy on the planet. The energy that we're all thriving for. Peace is the energy of the cosmos. and the energy of love within the womb. Peace is the energy of a forest, a beautiful day, and also the energy of the sun. As you focus on your heart center Imagine the energetic frequency of peace is permeating your heart chakra. When our heart opens up on a spiritual soul level, it actually emanates peace. the energy of peace come very strong in your heart center. Opening up every chamber within your heart as the four chambers represent the four directions, four elements, and all the different power within your heart center. And as your heart center radiates this energy of peace, it becomes like a sun. Beautiful golden sun. It's only job is to pour out peace into your body, Yourselves and into the energy of the universe, the environment, and the cosmos. You can be a beacon of peace by just being. And be conscious of your breath. And feel the energy of peace being stronger and stronger, dissolving any fears, hurt pain, disappointment, or sadness. The energy of peace, bringing happiness, joy, goodness, passion, serenity. Conscious of your breath, and then bring again peace within your heart center. And let it radiate from your heart to your lungs, to your rib cage all your cells. Up to your collarbone, your shoulders, arms. Down to your elbow. Forearms, wrist, knee. Go back up to your forearms, elbows, shoulders. Up to your throat. Chin. Nose, eyes, head. Let this golden energy, the energy of peace start reading from your body. You can back down, past your eyes, nose, mouth, to your throat, and your shoulders, down through your stomach cavity, and all up and down your spine, and into your liver, pancreas, spleen, gallbladder. All around your colon and up and down your back into your lower stomach, into your pelvic area, thighs, knees, calves, shoes, ankles, and feet. Your whole body radiates peace. Coming from this beautiful golden light And with every breath the peace gets stronger and stronger within your energy body and your physical body. Just be present. Letting the energy formulate throughout your body and bring you a sense of centeredness, well being, and inner harmony. I want you to go back to your heart center and take a breath in and out. Another breath in and out, and the third breath in and release.
0: Dentalks Podcast would not exist without these incredible people, Nicole Rappi, Reem Edon, Hayden Fungheiser, Kim Bielik, and music by Alex Fetter. Thanks for joining us. If you haven't subscribed, please do. And also, wherever you listen, please go and leave us a review. It's so greatly appreciated. It really does help us out. If you want to keep talking about all this stuff, please join our community on our secret Facebook page. Go to Facebook, search Dentalks Podcast, and join us there.
1: What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas?